This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Quarter to 12 in the morning, we're starting to share tonight. Um, this week is Pasha's Chukas. Zoe's Chukas at Torah. Yisrael. So it's a chayk. What's a chayk? Something that we don't understand. Speak to me, Yisrael. V'yichoy lecha paradumah. Tamimah. She'en mum. Not allowed to have a mom, not allowed to have a blemish, not allowed to have more than two white hairs, two black hairs, a white hair or a black hair. And make sure that it never had an old, never had a yoke, it never pulled any farm products, uh, like um, plows and things like that. Interesting. Listen to this. When the Satam Oiso, give it to Eliezer Koyin, and take this and shech this animal outside the machine, which is like the only carbon that was ever done that's ever done outside the Besamigdash, outside the Mishkan. Anything else is called Shkute Chutz, you're not allowed to you're not allowed to bring carbonus outside the, the Besamigdash or the or the Mishkan. Paraduma had a din that was done outside. When Take it outside the machine with shachar oisel lefonov. So what's going on over here? And 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 he 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 sprinkled the blood the whole avoda. The whole avoid, did you know that the avoid of the paraduma was chutzamachana? Most people don't know that. They think it was a carbon born in the base of Mignosh. You should take a blood with his finger. And you should sprinkle it towards the Ayamayid. Zuk Rashi. He stood in the east of Yerushalayim. And he had a mind. He saw the opening of the Hechal. And he spread and he, and he sprinkled the blood. So he mamash chutz from the from the, the avodah that was done. The paradum was totally outside the base of mikdash, outside the mishkan. People don't know that. So it's a paro. You burn the, the paro, and then he takes an eitz eres and an azel and shnitolas, and he throws it into the fire. Right. This whole thing is doing is done chutz, chutz the beis hamidrash, chutz the mishkan. Okay, we're going to talk about this now. Rashi says, famous Rashi that I love this Rashi. This chukas atayrah, the fisha satan umos ha'olam, mayin es yisrael, the satan and the umos ha'olam they bother Klai Yisrael. Leim asay mah mitzvah zayis matam yeshpa. What is this mitzvah and what reason does it have? That's why we call it a chukah. Hashem says, For four you're not allowed to think about this. So the famous question I talk about all the time is really what Rashi is saying is not true. When was the last time a guy walked over to you and said, You're Jewish? Yeah. You know, 
He got this thing in the Bible, the red heifer. Um, like, what's the deal with that, man? That really bothers me. Nobody ever talks to us about Paraduma. Why do you wear the yarmulke on your head, they ask me all the time. Why can't you do this? Why can't you do that? What's 10 people getting together? What's yeah. between 10 people and 11? What's between 10 and 7? What's it? Rashi's saying that the, the Goyim bother us about this. The Goyim don't bother us about this. You ever read a New York Times article asking, like, why, what's the paraduma? And, and definitely, if something tells you, yeah, look at girls, go on the internet, you know, do all this kind of stuff, does something ever come to you and say, say, what's the deal with the paraduma? Not, at least not so far in my life did he ever come to me and ask me that question. He came to me with a lot of other stuff, right? So what are you talking about, Rashi? What are you talking about? Where's this Satan? Ask me, what's the reason for it? And then Rashi says that Hashem is so strict about this that he uses the word gezera. I'm making a gezera, an edict. I don't give you permission to think about it. What was the last time you thought about the part of doing? Why not Shemit? This is what Hashem had to make a Xeri. We would have made a Xeri and all think about a girl. That would be a good Xeri. Make a Xeri. shouldn't think about the part of Duma. What's so bad about thinking about the part of Duma? So many years I'm talking about this, and my translation, my understanding was that the part of Duma has a special din. The part of Duma has a law. That if you, that the crayon who's tahar, who's pure, sprinkles the ashes with the water on the person who's impure, and the impure person becomes pure, and the pure person becomes impure. Which that doesn't make any sense. Because if I have the power to, I'm a crayon, right? If I have the power to make the impure person pure, I surely am going to stay pure. If I can make you pure when you're not pure, how can I come, how can I become impure? If I become impure, that means you have to be impure. How does that work? So it sounds like if you're an outsider, if you're the guy or the satan, it's extremely unfair, this law. The good guy suffers. The good guy becomes Tomei, and the bad guy becomes Tohar. It's not fear. It's Tzadik Viraloi. The kind who's a Tzadik ends up becoming Tomei, and they didn't want to become Tomei because they only did avoid their Mishmar two weeks a year, so they definitely didn't want to become Tomei, right? And he's the good guy, and he becomes Tomei, and the bad guy who's Tomei, he becomes Tohar. In Hebrew, they say, they're low fear. You ever hear that saying? Sounds very not fair. That the Goyim bother us about. That the Satan bothers us every single day. You do good. And it looks like you get punished sometimes. And the people are doing bad. There's a mission picking of us. Don't give up. Don't give up 
they'll be miyayish when you see the bad person who's who's beganif, who's the low life, he's driving around a beautiful car, he's having a great life. And it's Sadiq, who's big Sadiq, he's suffering, he's sick, he's suffering in a hospital. The mission says, don't be miyayish, don't give up hope, because you don't understand what's, you know, what's going on, what's really going on. But over here, it really looks unfair, it'd be very unfair. If the claim, if the claim can make him good, then the claim is surely good. And the claim becomes Tomei. He's that's what Rashi's saying. Rashi says it. Yeah. But we're going to learn something new tonight. But that's, that's, that's what, that's, of course, it's, that's the chayyim. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. If I can make you pure, then I'm surely pure. Makes any sense. It, 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 it sounds like you're getting the impurity of the other person by sprinkling on the paraduma. The other part of the chayk is how does it work? It's a cow and it's red. What's the difference? What color it is? What's the difference? It has two black hairs or not? Like, what's the difference? That's part of it, but that's not what the satan and the and the rest of the game. You know, I remember. Many years ago, I don't know, I was talking to a guy and he was like, you know, you, you Jewish people, you're called the chosen. You're the chosen nation. You're the children of God. Oh, I am so glad, he told me. Oh, I'm so glad I'm not from the chosen. I said, why? He goes, because I would have gone through the Holocaust. So he says, I don't understand. You were the chosen, why do you guys go through the Holocaust? We're going to answer not, what am I going to tell him? But that's what he asked. That's, what, that's, that's the guy in the Rashi. This is the guy. This is the guy. That's the guy in the Rashi. Like you guys are chosen. Look at look at the Arabs. They have all the oil. Saudi Arabia. Ishmael wasn't a good guy till the end, right? They have all the oil. He says, "You Jews, if you're the chosen, what do you got? Some sand. The whole state of Israel is as big as New Jersey. You have no natural. You know now they just found off in the water. They found." oil and gas, whatever it is, but their throat has very little natural, uh, you know, natural, uh, what to, um, to give out resources. So it's like, it sounds like, like, Hashem gave us a little strip of land. They got huge pieces of land with crazy amounts of oil. They're billionaires. They're driving gold Mercedes. They have a gold mosque made out of real gold, and we have a broken cracked wall. With some weeds and papers growing out of it, looks like that we we did, we did the right thing and we're getting nothing, and they did the wrong thing and they're getting everything, and that's what Rashi's talking about. That's the part of the paraduma that they're going to make fun of. And the, the thing is that us ourselves, I was just telling someone tonight, Yosef at Sadek, on the worst day of his life. When the brothers sold him to Mitzrayim and put him in a in a caravan, the caravan came by to pick him up, and they put him in the caravan. You can imagine it's extremely traumatizing, very very traumatizing to be sold to Mitzrayim and, and, and to be sold away from his father. And he gets into this caravan and he's like, "Oh my gosh, Hashem didn't forget me. Why not? Because the caravan usually takes neft." Kerosene, which stinks. And this caravan was taking on that day, not nest, not kerosene, but but spices, beautiful smelling spices. 
So he was, in his pain, he saw that Hashem didn't forget him. Because even, even though he was sold to Mitzrayim, there was something good in there. And what was good in there? There was fight that, that he was sold, he could have been sold in a stinky caravan, put thrown in the back of the wagon. And here he was going with spices. You don't have to be able to see the good and everything. But this is the big, this is a big challenge in life. To, to understand that, yeah, that sometimes you give and you don't think you're getting for it. So you, you're, you're, you're a client and you're being retired of someone else, but then it affects you and it affects you in your life. Sometimes that happens. That's why we say um, in the Tefillah and Davening on Shabbos, Anybody who works at the Tzibur, Hashem should pay the Yitzchak. And if you learn Torah, Hashem shouldn't pay Yitzchak. If you do Kibbut Aveim, Hashem shouldn't pay Yitzchak. And if you do Gimel Chassadim, Hashem shouldn't pay Yitzchak. So why specifically anyone who's who's Yitzchak Yitzchak Yitzchak? And the answer is because they won't pay you anything. The only way you're going to get is from God. So we're saying Hashem, listen, I'm not getting any thanks or anything from anyone else, so at least you give me the schar. And he definitely pays back. He doesn't owe anybody anything. Now, I want to go into a little bit of a different subject on this. From Lubavitcher Rebbe. He says the following. is beautiful. So I'm going to say a little bit in English and, and take my head out of the Chumash and then I'll explain it. Listen carefully. The spiritual root of all existence is, is rhythmic, which means it has, rhythm, it has rhythm to it. It's not static. Just as a man's heart must continually contract and then relax, right? It contacts, relax, and that's how you, you look on a Cardiogram, there's an up, there's a down, there's an up, there's a down, right? That's rhythmic. And his lungs must always inhale and exhale. Close, open, close, open, close, open. So too, the world works like that. It has two, a life forth of emanation and withdrawal. Okay, now. The, in Kabbalah, they're called Ratsu and Shuv. Ratsu comes from the word Rats. It means to run towards spirituality. And then, um, it's, a, it's the will, it's the Rat sign of a person to become the greatest person, the biggest Sadiq, to merge with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to elevate the world by stretching it beyond its material, materialistic things. It's the Ratzon, it's the Ratzon of, of a person. It's the will to grow. It's the will to keep mitzvahs. It's the will to, to realize your potential. He says that, that Ratsu could come to such a level 
on such a level that you really, you des- a person desires to leave the world and come closer to Hashem, but Hashem doesn't want that. So even though Ratzu has a positive effect, that it lifts, lifts a person's aspirations, it must be coupled with Shuv. There's Ratzan and there's Shuv. Shuv means to return, to sit, to relax. To bring back your spiritual dreams into this world. Because you can't be a Malach. You have to be able to, we spoke last week, you have to be able to connect your your wants to get to the highest sphere in spirituality, but you got to be able to take that spirituality and bring it back here to make a bracha priest on an apple. You can't do that if you're just ratzu, if you're just spirituality. You don't, you're not going to eat the apple. So that's, you need them both. So the paraduma is made from two parts. The ash, the burning of the, of the cow, which is the ratsu. And then the shuv is the water that it's mixed with. He's very deep here. He's that in the in the Paraduma there are two aspects. There's there's the water, the holy water that the ashes are mixed in, and there's the fire. So there's two opposites, very interesting. There are two opposites being brought together by the Paraduma, fire and water. You need them both. You need to burn the cow to make ash, and you need the water to sprinkle. And bringing those two together. Bringing those two together is, is the objective, which we spoke last week, of every single person. Hashem doesn't want you totally physical. and doesn't want you totally spiritual. He wants to be able to... He doesn't want you to fast every day. He, wa- he wants you to make a bracha, and He wants you to bech samazan, and vachalta v'savata. He wants you to eat, but He wants you also to be satisfied. He wants everything? No, He doesn't want everything. He wants you to connect everything. He wants you to connect every physical act that you do with the spirituality. That's what he wants. The what? Right, then the feeling, yeah. What? Right, that was the mistake. Right, 100%. Now this, this of all the of all the chukim in the Torah, right, why did Hashem pick this one? He says, this is the hardest one to understand because it was such an important carbon and it was kept out of it was kept out of the base of Migdash. It was done outside of the base of Migdash. It says there were nine paradumas from the time of Ezra. Um, there were nine altogether. There were one was by Moshe, 
One was by Ezra, and then there were seven after Ezra. And the tenth will be by Mashiach. I think they have a Paraduma in Lakewood. They had a red cow. I heard people want to see it. I don't know if it's still red, if it changed. Not with two hairs. Yeah, of course. Of course. I think that probably probably one of the hardest things to understand um, is that, 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 that the good guy becomes tummy and the tummy guy becomes good. But the greatness of it is, is that the Kohen, who was extremely um, sensitive to becoming tummy because he wanted to work in the base of Migdash, he waited a whole year to work in the base of Migdash, and now he's, he's doing this um, Avaida. The, the, the Mepharshim also say that the Paraduma was Machaper on the Egel. The Egel is a young baby calf, and the Paraduma is the mother. So the Paraduma was Machaper on the Egel. And the reason Hashem didn't want a person to start thinking about the different reasons of the Paraduma and how it works is because that that the Satan will take that and say, look at Kosh Baruch Hu, remember the Paraduma? It was Remember what it was for? It was for the eagle. They would bring the Sutton would bring up the eagle again. We don't want him to bring up the eagle again. Maybe that's why it was chutzlamachana. What do you think to that reasoning? That it was that it was outside the mid. Why was this the only carbon that was outside? So he asked here, but there was another carbon, the 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 pala zazel on Yom Kippur, the one that went to zazel. So it wasn't because inside the base of Migdash, is where they chose which one's going to be which. So part of the avoda was in the base of Midrash. Part of Duma, nothing was in the, nothing was in the base of Midrash. Huh? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. No. So I'm thinking, I didn't see it, but I'm thinking that maybe the reason it wasn't brought inside is because it was a kapara of the ego. They don't want the ego brought inside. Just like the Kain Galo couldn't wear gold on Yom Kippur, Maybe that's the reason that it couldn't be brought inside. It was the only carbon done outside. No other carbon was done outside. Maybe that's the reason. I'm not sure, but that could be that's the reason. Okay. So two two other things I want to talk about. Um, the passing of a very close friend of mine and a um, and a very, very big tzaddik, um, Rabbi Zlatowicz, who was... Uh, the, uh, the man behind the whole art scroll, um, Rabbi Meir Yaakov Zlatowicz, very, very close friend. I'll tell you a story. Ten years ago, we made our second Shabbaton. Now, Rabbi Meir Zlatowicz was art scroll. He was a very close friend of mine. But he had nothing to do with kids at risk and stuff like that. Art scroll was translating Gemara's and Mishnayas and things like that. They weren't uh, dealing with that. And he was very close, so he came to the Shabbaton. Friday night in Waterbury, Connecticut. We had a Shabbaton in a beautiful hotel there. Now it turned into a water park, so people don't use it. And uh, he was like a very yekish guy. Like, he went to sleep on time. He was very tight. He was unbelievable, and I think that's the success. He started, he start, the first book he ever translated, he translated for a sick friend of his, um, Megillus Esther. 
and he translated it um, when he was 33 years old. First thing he ever did in English, Atzkol, he was 33 years old. He died 73. So the whole revolution of Atzkol, of all this farm, that everyone, every safer that's in this room, was, took 40 years. 40 years he did, he did what he did. Amazing, amazing. Anyway, he's very, I made him very nervous because there were times I had meetings with him I didn't show up on time. He said, Zechariah, I'm asking you one thing. If you make up a time, you have to be there on time. Very on time, I think. One of the reasons I think we should all learn from this, one of the, the way to be able to create an art scroll, create a whole Kabbalah satire, Mamasha Kabbalah satire, all that he did is only if you have a Seder in your life. And Seder in your life means that your, your life is in order, which means that your time is very accounted for. 10 o'clock for him, he'd show up, he says 10 o'clock, at 10.05 he's gone. I learned that the hard way. But anyway, he was very yekish about his time. And, and really, I, I believe that 30, you know, 40 years, but your time is counted for, you could, you could do what he did. So, it's 2.30 at night, 2.45 at night, I just got finished talking to a girl in a different room, and I'm walking towards the stairs to go upstairs. Friday night, 2.45 in the morning. Didn't have much time to sleep. And I see Rabbi Zlanowitz walking around. He's not the type. He's the type to go to sleep at 9 o'clock. So I walked over to him and said, Rabbi, what's going on? 2.45, you? He said, Zachariah, I want to understand what you do. So I'm walking around, and I'm just watching. I'm watching the girls. I'm watching what they're talking about. I'm watching what they talk to. I just want to learn what you do so I understand what you're doing. It was up at 2.45 a.m. Friday night. It was unheard of. We had a very, very close friendship. Of course, he put out my book. Um, he helped me with the cover. He helped with the name, with the be rain. He was very into it. We just spoke uh, a few weeks ago about the new book on uh, less than a day on Kibbutz of Aim, which is huge. We want, we're starting Mitzvah Shem to write right at the end of the summer. And he was like really excited about it. He said, it's a game changer. Everyone learns this. And um, he passed away this past Shabbos. Huge loss for Klaistel. He's a good old fellow. Changed the way we learn. He, he, the way we learn, the way we daven, right? All the sedurim that are in, that are translated linear, regular, Tehillim's translated. So there's a there's a Gemara. And the Gemara talks about a Tana that died, and there was a lady, and they were carrying his coffin. There was a lady dressed in black that was walking along. It wasn't normal that the ladies went to the kever. They'd stay behind. So somebody went over to this lady, dressed in black, with a covering on her face, whatever they call that, what the Arabs wear, and said, who are you? Like, who, what are you doing at the Levaya? And she said, I'm a sechtus chagiga. It wasn't a lady, it was Masechus Chagiga. So he said, Masechus Chagiga? Why, are you, why would a Masechus come to this Levaya? And she said, because he used to learn it over and make it over and over and over and over and over and over. And he made it like his, so Chagiga came from the other world 
to Mirilavahim on the Leviah. So I was thinking to myself, so it says that when, when, when a person dies, till he comes up to the next world, all the good tzaddikim, all the people he was connected, that he helped in learning and money and pranas, whatever it is, they all come to Baglaitim, they all come to walk him into Shemayim. I'm thinking to myself, there are Bezlara with Salva Shalom. Abaya, Rava, every Taisvis, Rashi, all the Mufarshim that he translated, Moshe Rabbeinu, the whole Chumash, Avram Avinu, everyone who's in the Chumash, everyone that he translated, Klayakar, Arachayim, all the Mishnayas, all the Tanoim, the Chavetz Chaim, all the day, all those Tzadikim have to come be have business, come meet him. I don't think that there is a tzaddik in Ganeden that he didn't translate something for. I think the Torah, the Torah itself, had to come to meet him. It's, it's impossible to understand the power of one person. This is forever, also forever. Every shul, every shul, and everywhere in the world. There's the Gemara by Otskol and the Siddur by Otskol and, 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 and translation by Otskol and Chumashim by Otskol. It's, it's not normal. The Dafyaimi, what he did? 40 years. 40 years it's like this. I was just in camp. It's already 40 years since I'm in camp. Boom. One person. Amazing. So we're learning tonight. This is Shama, the same Shiva. And the same day, um, different time, one of my students, we lost this past Shabbos, um, a young girl at 7.30 Shabbos by day. We know that Tzadikim, Tzadikim passed away by Minchatam Shabbos. She went through a lot of pain in her life. and um, So she uh, passed away in the same time that you had a man that passed away and changed the world and took his 40 years of potential and we have a young lady that's potential didn't even start. And that's tragedy and we have to stop these tragedies from happening. Three girls last week. Three girls. Crazy. Crazy. Three potentials snuffed out because of drugs and other stuff. So, I mean, Kalei has to wake up. We have to wake up. We have to do something. Listen to my Gura convention speech from four or five years ago. Tell me what part of it didn't come true. I spoke about this. I spoke about phones on Shabbos. People were like, you made that up. Nobody, no, no girls speak on their phones on Shabbos. Today, it's an epidemic. My phone does not stop all week of kids, girls, and boys, the parents caught, looked at their bills, whatever it is. Kids are like, I cannot get through. That was a kid this week. I cannot get through Shabbos without my phone. Straight up, in my face. 13 years old. I cannot get through. I cannot go to camp. I had a girl that called me. She went to camp. She called me up. She goes, I am so nervous. I'm like, why are you so nervous? Aren't you having a good time? She said, I'm having a great time. Not going to make it through Shabbos. I said, what do you mean you're not going to make it? You're in camp. She goes, I can't tell you. In the last few years, I've been on my phone every Shabbos. I don't see how I can make it in camp 
without my phone on charge. It's an addiction. It's boredom. It's um, a very high level of connection that people have through their um, through their technology because they're, they're, it's very interactive. The world has become very interactive. Television is not interactive. You watch TV, that's it. You can't talk to the people on the screen. There's no communication. It's not interactive. Nobody watches television anymore. The computer is extremely interactive. Every second, you watch girls. I don't know if you guys can go so fast. They get a message on WhatsApp. They have the message back to the other person within seconds. Like, back, bing. You hear it. Bing. Bing. Right? One second, the message goes out. Next second, the message is in. Next message, second, the message is out. So a whole day long... Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Then you go to school and you sit in a class and the teacher is getting up and they're giving a speech and you're not, your interactivity is over. You're not, so you, you're, the teacher's giving out but you're not, you're not able to give back. You're in a classroom. They're lost in five seconds. They're, they're, they're headed somewhere else. They need their phone under the desk. They're, they're playing with their phone. Why? Because they need that interactivity. So on Shabbos, um, unless the, the home is extremely healthy and the Shabbos table is very interactive where you're talking and the kids, you know, not you're giving the Dvar Torahs, but you're letting the kids give the Dvar Torahs. You're letting them be interactive, you're letting them giving an input, you're letting allow them when they're really teeny to put on a play. If you don't make your home Shabbos extremely interactive, they, they're missing that, whoa, that text, that back and forth, that WhatsApp, that, that snapshot, they're missing that and, and, and they need it. So, so, the, so the teaching today has to be, you have to be such a genius to be able to have an interactive class without losing the other kids. When I give a share, I give the girls share, there's this one lady that always likes to ask questions. I'm like, you can't ask me during this year. She's like, why can't I ask you during this year? And I'm like, because when you ask me a question, right, everyone else tunes out. They tune out. It's your question. I don't need to hear your question. And we lose them. So be able to have an interactive class and nobody should tune out, you have to be very talented. And parents who just used to be able to say right at the table doesn't work anymore. Because the whole week they're, you know, they're going back and forth, back and forth. So the struggle on Shabbos is that there's no interactivity. And really what's supposed to happen is you're supposed to have an interactive meal and interactive Shabbos. And when you're not having that, you have to rest. Say she's on the tablet. But she's come locked up. We have a shish. I was like, the seventh day you have to rest. So that that's um, that that was that's uh, so like two people passed away. One reached their potential, and the other one didn't even start their potential. That's tragedy. So this year is for both of them. Because at the end of the day, we don't understand those chukas We really don't understand. But if we have a moon in Hashem, we understand. That I was speaking to um, Mr. Michael Rothschild tonight about it. Emuna is understanding that every single second of your life, that Hashem gives you life, you have the potential to change the world, to do anything. That's what Emuna really means. No matter what, whether things are going good or whether things are going bad, just make a difference. 
that moment, that Hashem gave you that moment, you have belief that in that moment, I, I, could, I, could, do, I could do the biggest things in the world. And Rabbi Zlatovich did. And he always told me, he didn't, he didn't have a store coming, translate Megillah's Esther. What's the big deal? Not the first person to translate Megillah's Esther. And people reacted. Because so many people didn't know how to translate the words that, that a whole world opened up. Amazing world. Who doesn't use an art scroll Gemara? They said Rabbi Yashiv used an art scroll Hebrew Gemara. I don't know if it's true or it, like someone just told me that. Rabbi Yashiv used to learn the blue Gemara. They translated your Shalmi. Translated everything. Mishnais. I learned every morning Mishnais. I would never get to first, wouldn't get to first base without it. The first is a crazy class. So yeah, there's a lot of things. It's a very interesting Pasha. Um, very, very interesting Pasha. And the and the, and, and the whole the whole life whole life is really a chayk. We just we just the older you get, the more you see, the more you realize, the the, the more you understand that you don't understand. As you get older, you more things you see, the more you understand that I really. I really don't understand anything. I really don't. And that's what that's what that's what this first Rashi is saying. Don't let the Yetzirah, don't let the Goyim, don't let anyone say to you that that it's unfair, that God is unfair, or the life is unfair, or the world is unfair. And Hashem says you can't you can't think about it because you're not going to get the answer, and it's just going to drive you further away. Not something to think about. Also, you think about the paraduma, then you think about the ego. Once you think about the ego, something's going to bring the whole parsha of ego up. We don't want him to do that. So um, we're waiting for the tenth. It says the tenth paraduma is, is going to be be in the times of Mashiach. Bezat Hashem, we should all be, you know, we should all be zeicha. We should all be zeicha to see that tenth paraduma. Maybe it's in maybe it's in Lakewood. Makes sense if there's a tenth paraduma. You know that's uh, that's what that's what it will be. All right. So um, what? So I I I don't I he he talks about he talks about here that the outside is that is brought outside makes it the biggest chayk of any chayk because because if if it's a carbon it should be brought inside. I'm thinking. Well, he says it's a chayk. So you don't really have a reason. But I'm thinking that the reason is that you don't want to bring the, the memory of the eagle inside. The paraduma was machaper on the eagle. You don't want to bring that inside. You don't want to bring that inside. You don't want to bring the couldn't wear and Yom Kippur couldn't wear gold. I, I didn't see that answer. Maybe if someone's listening and, it's, and they know where the mafarsh will not say it. But um, yeah, we don't want to remind Hashem of the uh, of the what's it called? I just want to go back one second to last week's parsha. I spoke about it this week in the shir. Um, it's the first time that Moshe Rabbeinu ever prayed to God that God shouldn't listen to someone's prayer. And in last week's parsha, he said to Hashem, please do not listen to Korach Vadoso's prayer. So I said last, I said actually this past Shabbos, I spoke in, where I was in Regency, and I, I saw this beautiful, that why would Moshe Davin 
that Hashem shouldn't listen to their tefillah, why would Hashem listen to their tefillah? They were going against Hashem. They said, no Kohen, no Moshe, Hashem never commanded it. They were going against Hashem's tzivoy. So, so why did Moshe Rabbeinu have to daven that Hashem should listen to them? Of course Hashem's not going to listen to them. That was Hashem Hashem. That's something else. Here, he, they were going to daven that Hashem should accept their ketores, but they were, they were going against Hashem. Why so he says something unbelievable. It teaches us the Kayach of Tefillah. And if Rabbeinu understood the Kayach of Tefillah, that even these Rishayim, who were going against God, who were praying against God, they were praying that their things should be accepted, which would, would show that Tefillah is so strong that Moshe Rabbeinu understood that if they really pray with Kavanah, even though they're praying against Hashem, it could be Makabalit. Al-Achaz Kama, surely, if you're davening for what Hashem wants, and you daven correctly, he'll be Makabalit. Moshe Rabbeinu understood that these Rishayim, who are praying to go, he said, God, I have to give you a special prayer that you shouldn't listen to their prayer. That, Hold hard, right? Hold hardly. With, with, but, but it shows you the power of tefillah. So don't talk by davening. Instead of talking by davening, daven. And even, even a kairach, Moshe Rabbeinu had to daven. That kairach's davening shouldn't be accepted, even though kairach's davening was against Hashem. Wow! The kairach of tefillah, you can daven, you can be a Russia. You can be a Russia and daven for something bad to happen. And, you, and, and, and Hashem will listen to you because of the Why? 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 No, there's a different reason. The different reason. He didn't daven. Where did small daven? Oh, because they daven. And we're also murdering half the world. No, the reason the reason is brought down that they're so successful is one reason. Only one reason brought down. There's two reasons. One is that they had a bris when they were ver- when they were young. Interesting thing. Interesting thing. They taina to Hashem that they're greater than us because when they get a bris, they're 13. So first of all, it hurts a lot more, and second, they know it hurts a lot more, and they're bardas. You're a baby. You didn't have a choice. They said we do it when we're 13 voluntarily. So it's brought down that in the years before Mashiach, we have to give them an answer, that the Russians, who are going to be older than 13, are going to come to America. I was a Sandik by at least, Rabbi Rakhter, the Brismila, I was a Sandik by at least 10 Russians older than 40. It's an operation. It's not normal. How are you a Sandik? You went down my lap. You put your hand on their head behind the, behind the bed that they do. What? You're awake, man. One guy, I was sitting there, we said, you want a shot? The shot also hurts like crazy, you could imagine. A shot to make it not feel anything. He said, no, give me some vodka. I sat there, he drank like this much vodka, and he had the bris without any anesthesia. They're made out of different stuff than we are. And and so so Rabbi Reich said, you should know, before every bris, he said, 
this man is the answer to Yishmael. Yishmael was 13, you're still a kid, right? He's 46, he's 52. So there, there, there's a very, very big source for us. That, uh, but, but the reason that Yishmael has what he has is for one reason, outside of the Brits, because Avram Avinu was his father. That's it, not anymore. Came from Avram Avinu. They have what? Well, there's, we know that we know Yishmael Kohen Gadol. Whatever, we don't have to learn too much chus on them. That, uh, hello, they're full of zima, full of zima. They're killing half the world. Come on. We have to we have to daven and we have to not talk by davening. All right. Anyway, we should we should be all be zoycher bezrat Hashem. Everyone who's listening, the tenth paraduma. We should have no more of our young children. Dying for no reason, and um, we should uh, see Tchiasa Mason, see Rabbi Zlatowitz, and all the tzaddikim. Amen. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.